be bold and be brave and just go for it. As photographers, we are always looking for powerful images that, that will hold time in place, that will draw people in and symbolize something universal, something shared, something emotional. Everybody needs to see what's going on everywhere. Pictures just stand out. This is how we remember. Insights, kits, and the conversations that matter with the world's leading photographers and filmmakers in Shutter Stories. Hello and welcome to Shutter Stories with me, Lucy Hedges. Okay, so today's podcast is all about what it's like to shoot Fashion Week, what it is, how it's changed, and how you could be a part of it next season. Now, if you wanted to know the answer to any of those questions and more, hold tight. This week's guest is going to be revealing all in our one-to-one chat about being on the front line at Fashion Week. Now, I think it's fair to say that things have moved on quite considerably over the last decade. Fashion Week is no longer the exclusive playground or stomping ground of the fashion elite, and no longer is it invite only. With bloggers, influencers and content creators opening designers' eyes to the potential of varied coverage, it's easier than ever for photographers to get press access at fashion events. And today, I'm joined by fashion photographer Paul Cunningham, who has seen his fair share of fashion shows, having shot no less than 16 seasons, yes, 16 at London Fashion Week over the last 10 years. He's even published a brilliant book about it all called Fashion Backstage to Runway. So it goes without saying Paul is fully loaded and utterly brimming with stories, anecdotes and valuable advice for aspiring fashion photographers. And on that note, it gives me real pleasure to welcome Paul to the show. Hey, Paul. Hello. Thank you so much for that brilliant introduction. (laughs) My pleasure. How are you doing today? Uh, Very well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so as is the case with many major events, you know, Fashion Weeks are operating quite differently this year. But I want to go back, back in time a little and think about what it used to be like at events and what it may be like again one day, fingers crossed. <laughs> so Paul, I want to know, um, I know every show is different, but we want to know what a typical day is like during a Fashion Week show. You know, what it feels like, what you see, what you hear. Walk us through a day in the life of Paul at a Fashion Week show. Oh, Fashion Week, it's exciting. You've got a whole sh- schedule to fill. I think there's something that I can't remember now, something like 10 shows a day, 16 wow. hours days. If you get lunch, you've, you've been lucky. You have to edit after each show, uh, wire your images after, after each show. It's brilliant. It's everything you, it, it's like going to a party, but you have to record everything that happened and send it all as it happened and then go to another party straight after. And that happens all day for six days. Oh, my and it's, 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 it's But it's brilliant at the same yeah. time. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I imagine the adrenaline's really flowing from the moment you walk in there because it's, I imagine it's quite chaotic, right? Oh, it's, it, I mean, there's a photographer's lounge and the, the only thing mm. they really supply is coffee and that's all everybody drinks all week. And it's in this, this beautiful small field of coffees and, and, and you just drink them all day and you just buzz <laughs> from the second you get in there to the second you leave. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, there's, there, there's shows all over town. Uh, there's, there's a main uh, uh, performance area, but there's shows all over town. There's a, there's a bus between shows for, uh, designers. There's also one for photographers, so you can, you can get around uh, quite easily. When when I first started, I didn't realise that. And I was trying to get from from show to show <laughs> using the tube. And uh, oh god, uh, running uh, around uh, like a headless chicken, I imagine. Uh, absolutely. And, and then when I realised there was a bus, I thought, this is this is fantastic. What, 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 I was looking in the wrong direction, though. And also, why didn't anyone tell you about the bus? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, put, I put that down to inexperience, and, and you know, you never want to ask when you're new on the block, do you? Think well, I don't yeah. want to. I've, I've got this far. I don't want to push it any further. But I guess that's what it's like when you're when you're new to something. You know, you put the feelers out there. You find 
find your feet. And I think it's nice to do it yourself sometimes without having your hand held. Absolutely. You feel your way at your own pace. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the way forward, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So your book is all about being, or partly about being backstage. Talk us through what happens there. I imagine it's even more chaotic back there than it is on front of house. Backstage is fantastic. I mean, I, I, I like it for many reasons, actually. One of the main ones is that it, it lets you know how the models are going to look before they get onto the runway. So mm-hmm. if there's a particular thing they're wearing. Um, I think one season they were wearing really really fantastic hats with feathers and and to me to be in the, in the front of house at the, to, to shoot it wasn't the best thing but to shoot it from the back looking back towards the photographers was was much better so you get some real insight into the best way to shoot it but mm. in terms of busy it's i mean there's the changing rooms there's the changing area there's all the clothes there's the designer there's the makeup artists um hairstylists and they don't work in what you know on their own they work in a team and there's teams of them on each model all the time and it's absolutely frenetic there's barely any space yeah i can imagine it's full of other photographers for a start um, <laughs> some will have some crazy wacky ideas about what they think they're going to get away with <laughs> for instance yeah. that they turn up with with enormous light kits and everything which you, there just isn't the room for but uh it, it's 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 good to see <laughs> yeah so i imagine being backstage and like you said seeing all the colors and getting an access to what's going to be out out front does that really help you prep and kind of get ahead when it comes to actually shooting the show absolutely absolutely as i say i mean you know you, you, you get to know what's, what's happening what they're going to put on um specific details whether you want to look at shoes i mean it, it's all interspersed with why you're shooting the show if you're shooting specifically for a client uh, if they want to get the, if they want to capture the entire outfit obviously you, you kind of bear that all in mind so it depends mm-hmm. if you're shooting it for yourself and you're sending it to an agency you can really pick and choose what you'd like to do yeah. and that's where the real flexibility lies that's the real fun part of it for me yeah it's, it's, it's without that constraint but of course you know we all need to make a living yeah of course and what what is it that makes you keep coming back to the runway year after year you've been in the game for quite a long time i have i have it's, it's, it's the absolute rush of it to be honest yeah. it's, it's it's fantastic i mean it, it's truly it's truly a party atmosphere i mean there, there are days where it goes wrong but i mean it's truly a party atmosphere it, you, you you just if you imagine you, you turn up to, a, to a, an event, for instance, you, you go backstage, you see everything's happening, then you go to the front of the house and you join the photographer's pit, everybody comes in to to take their seats and there's hush, it's absolutely complete hush and it's suddenly yeah. the music starts beating, the lights come on and there's just this fabulous event that happens in front of you. It's absolutely, it's sparkling to be honest. You couldn't wish for anything else and, and, and the beauty of that is, is that you know in an hour you can go and do that again. And then you can go and do it again an hour after. And yeah. for, that, for that entire week, you've just had that rush all week. I can tell you you're, you love it. I can tell by the, oh, the, the passion and the excitement in your voice. And I can tell I you're smiling as well. I do. I, I do. It's, I smile when I think about it. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes I think, oh, my God, it's so exhausting. But, you know, <laughs> it, the, the absolute, the, the, it's so good. It's so good. So, you know, like you said, this, this, this job is exhausting. And like you said, you'd be lucky to grab some food throughout the day during the 10 shows that you're covering. But I imagine there's this real buzz at the end of the day and you can exhale when you finally filed your photos and you're staring back at the images that you've taken it must be a really nice feeling oh it's it's, it's an absolute it's an absolute pleasure i mean once once those i mean they, they feel like your own babies from each show you know you've yeah. got a whole set of the, the show everything that was worn all the details you wanted to collect and you, you, you've wired them off and you're off to the next one when you finish the end of the day you, you probably get the, the, the a taxi to the last train home where you're still editing from the last show you've just shot um i find the only trouble i, I get is by the time i get in I'm so buzzing 
I can't get to sleep again. And of course, yeah, you, get, yeah. you get that horrible feeling at six o'clock in the morning when you're up to do it again that I just, you don't think you're going to quite going to make it this day, you know. But uh, somewhere, somewhere again, as I say, you think of you think of what's ahead, and, and, and you get up, and, you, and, you, and that burst of energy just comes straight back to you. Yeah, grab a cup of coffee, good to go. Cup of coffee, well, as I say, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's all they supply in the, in the lounge. <laughs> this, this is coffee only. See, heart yeah. rhythm is, is probably way higher than it should be. It's probably yeah. on a treadmill, I should have <laughs> Now, you mentioned earlier, you know, there's different briefs. You know, you could be working for a client, you could be working for yourself, which offers different levels of flexibility. But what options are there um, for being commissioned to shoot at Fashion Week? So how else can you get paid for it? There, there are many options. There's agency, obviously, there's, there's picture libraries, there are podcasts it's slightly tied up the fashion council have a certain amount of rules for how you can use work for instance if you're videoing but a lot of that is pre-thought about and you you know what you can use and what you can and can't do before you before you get a pass to be honest so in terms of options for shooting things there's obviously a, a direct clients mm-hmm. um, there are the picture agencies there are podcasts there are hundreds of thousands of online video companies that will will love any information you can supply from anywhere because i mean as i say fashion week isn't just london it's paris mm. italy you know it goes all around so of course the, the, everybody just wants detail of everything all the time yeah. and of course you you don't know you don't know which show from which country is going to produce the latest look everything is the latest look but you don't know which one is going to be the one that catches on so of course you know everybody's so excited about what comes out of everywhere you know and and it's and it's it's brilliant to see because it's hopefully you're at that show photographing that model who's got that latest thing on that everybody's going to then wear for the for the for the next season you know or or hopefully longer to be honest you know if you look at anything chanel's produced it's still fantastic today yeah it's timeless isn't it absolutely yeah. So basically there are, there's, there's so many options, especially now in today's kind of fast paced digital world to kind of get that information out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I truly believe now that there's probably more space for videographers and, and, and bloggers than, than there ever was. Yeah. So how can photographers or videographers, like you say, in the audience, how can they become a part of it? So do you have any kind of advice on how to, to get in? With Fashion Week, you apply to the Fashion Council. There's a, it's, it's online. They, they tell you exactly what's required, what's needed. Uh, I think you have to appreciate it. Whatever level you are, you should treat everything as a business. And if you've got something to offer that is beneficial to a designer or in any way the Fashion Council or London Fashion Week or anything promotes it, People will always look at you seriously. If you treat it seriously in that way, if you treat everybody with respect um, and you you write to them in, in the right way, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you explain who you are, what you'd like to do and how you'd like to do it, you, you often get a, a, an affirmative response. Yeah. And I think it's the, I think it's the people that, that write with, you know, I would like to be there, you know, with, without really any thought behind it that, that find it a struggle to, to push that forward. Yeah. But initially, as I say, with, with London Fashion Week, apply to the Fashion Council, um, they're very open to things. There's a there's a fee if you shoot for an agency. I think there's a fee if you shoot for blogging. It's much more reduced for blogging and uh, videoing. Uh, th- there is a slight hierarchy with the, with with the pits. Obviously, there's there's the guy who's been hired by the designer to shoot the uh, the show itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a, there's a slight hierarchy there. But actually, getting in and getting yourself a pass once you once you have a pass the Fashion Week, you can go to any show that's on that schedule. It opens up the realm to shoot a hundred shows. Yeah. Um, there's the off-schedule shows, some of those you can get into. But once you've got that list of, of contacts which come with the schedule, you can write to each one of those individually. And you may or may, may go and get an answer. You have to appreciate at that point they're yeah, extremely course. busy. So, But, you know, the sooner you apply and the sooner you get your pass, the sooner you can write. And as I say, approach it as a business. 
Yeah, yeah. And has it always been this easy to apply over the years? I think it's much more accepted now, you know, that that people will will turn up with a small camera and sit to one side and video it. And Mm -hmm. it's perfectly acceptable. You, You never know where that person's work is going to end up and yeah. what that's going to do to promote that that thing and i think as i say the fashion council are very good at looking at that and thinking well actually this is actually quite valuable or this person's doing some good work and you know you have to you have to remember you know they're, they're quite good at looking inside what's going on and they want to promote the fashion uh, as much as anybody so, yeah, so they're, they're quite happy to look at things so i think it's i think it's definitely open to people now definitely yeah yeah no that's brilliant that's really good to hear i'm sure a lot of people listening will probably their eyes have opened up right now um so let's talk um strategies for maximizing your income have you got any advice in this area you know for example like shooting for a client and getting shot for an Im- for an image library at the same time do you do things like this when you shoot for a client client generally has a brief um somewhere in that brief or somewhere when you take that brief or meet that client you want to have that discussion as to whether you can shoot some of your own work and obviously pop that to a library uh, if someone's paying you to, to, to cover a they may not want you to do both in all fairness and that's probably fair enough yeah it's understandable it's a a tricky you don't want to tread in on hands toes and you don't upset a client because you know clients clients you want forever you you don't just want them for for a week you want you want to earn that rapport and and you want to work with people and you know once you get comfortable with someone and you can work together you know that's when the best work comes to be honest and it's 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 worth pursuing and, and getting right. So I would always say, you know, have that open discussion with the client. Don't be too forceful about it. I mean, you can always mm-hmm. shoot your own work and at the same time and not send it anywhere as an income. You know, you can always keep it to yourself or put it yeah. on the wall. You know, there's always that benefit. If you move along and you open up a studio yourself, you can hang that stuff on the wall. So it's important to, you know, build that rapport with the client. Let them get that trust in you that, you know, that you don't double dip, as it were, and try and, yeah. you know, send work in one direction while you're trying to earn money from them. I mean, you can just shoot for a library. Um, I mean, let's say when when you apply for your pass with the fashion council, they ask you who you shoot for. So you can you can uh, that's your opportunity at that time to to arrange anything. Once you get that pass, as I say, you can speak to an agency, mm-hmm. and they may well accept that if you're shooting it for yourself. So there's 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 many options. I mean, don't forget you can also shoot it and and and, and sell it as, as pictures as artwork. Yeah, uh, there's some beautiful things there, and as I say, th- th- those different formats and in the way you sell your work really direct how you shoot a show. But that again, you may not for that entire fashion week, you may not be shooting for the same client. Yeah. Um, so of course, you you have a variety of options all week, and th- and there are so many things you can go and shoot. Um, it just gives you so many different avenues to 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 send pitches to. Before I move on, I just want to go back to you know um, income and commissions. Are there situations where you know it's better off? you're better off not being commissioned ahead of a show. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I I quite like it to be honest. But as I say, you don't need to you don't need to be commissioned for every show. So you get that flexibility and that that really is a luxury. You know, to to have to to, to earn enough to be there and yet still be able to, to have the avenue to shoot all this other material that you can do with as you wish is fantastic. And of course, you know, it's it's all the latest stuff. There's nothing old in yeah. it. You know, everything's brand new. Every thought that's there. The designers work really hard. You know, that everybody's, you know, the, gone to 11. You know, yeah, that way. yeah. You know, and, and so, of course, you're, you've got the luxury of just being there. And, you know, and you can be dead straight onto that catwalk if you want and and, and shoot anything you want. So, you know, it's... It, it's a luxury, to be honest. Yeah, it's a real it, luxury. It does. It does sound absolutely incredible. I imagine, you know, I've, I've not been to a fashion show myself, but I've seen plenty of videos and photos, and the vibe, ugh, it just, it just looks amazing. So oh, I imagine it's superb. 
absolutely being on the front so line is just yes, the best. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. I just wish there was one every month. So let's talk front of house or the runway for the uninitiated, um, as they call it. Um, it's very, very different to backstage when it comes to photographing the action. So I want to start at the runway and then move on to backstage. What's it like at the photographer's pit at the runway? How is it decided where you stand? You know, are you assigned a spot? Do you need to elbow drop your way to the best spot? What's it like? Photographer's pits. I could write a book on photographer's pits. <laughs> um, they're generally they're generally too small. They're generally poorly designed. They're not really they're not really for photographers. But but yet we, we all turn up and try and work in it. It's hard to apportion a size. But if I said there was an area I don't know thirty feet by twenty and you tried to fit hundred guys in it with small step ladders, that's how close <laughs> it is. And uh, I was once saying to, to to someone, you know, if you don't know someone when you step into that pit, mm. you'll either be the best of pals or the biggest enemies by the time you leave because you are so close. Wow. I mean, the first time I think I ever shot a show i lifted my lens mm-hmm. uh, i think someone rested the, the, a lens on my shoulder oh. someone said don't put your arm down because i'm under your armpit and someone <laughs> said something else above my head and i thought i can't work like that that's madness but it was it's it like was, twister yeah, it was, but it was fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely fantastic. What generally happens is a lot of the big agencies, they 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 mark the floor. What you do is you turn up with your roll of sellotape, a roll of um, hazard tape or mm-hmm. brown tape or any tape, and you mark a spot probably about a foot wide on where you'd like to be. By the time you probably get to that position, you do it, and you do it at each venue. And by the time you get to that position, most of them are gone. It's very difficult. But w- what I've learned is over the years is that it doesn't always pay to be dead central to the runway. It really depends on what they're wearing and what your client, you know, if you have a client, what they need and what develops backstage. So I mean, there's there's, there's an awful lot of benefit in stepping to one side and not necessarily being in that hustle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the bigger agencies. Um, we'll we'll get to Mark first. The, the guy who shoots front of house will mark his position wherever he wants to be. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't even mark a position. But for, for 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 the people that are new and thinking, oh gosh, you know, I'm I'm to the side of this, or I'm yeah. in the worst spot, or whatever, you're not because it really depends on what your client needs, what you'd like to do, the look of the runway. Sometimes that you know that they come on with enormous boots, you know, and to be low down in the corner is probably a fantastic spot yeah. to be. I think always to go in there with with optimism, you know, try a different angle, try a different space you don't always need to be in the middle and that's how you develop your your creativity to me it's exciting to turn up and think well I've got this lens and I'm in this spot either a how can I improve that or b you know this is going to be fantastic so you know it's important yeah and it's I guess it's about getting creative with with what you've got isn't it? That's right, because it's a very, I mean, once you're, once you're front of house, it's, it's a very small studio area, you know, it's, it's a strip of runway, which is, which is lit. Mm. Uh, it's lit so brightly that you can't really see the audience any longer. You <laughs> oh, just wow. see them, you, you just see the models. So, mm. you know, the, it, if you shoot from the side, you, you just see the models and, and on, a, on an almost black background. Sometimes you see the people, that looks really cool as well. They, they don't really build very tall risers for the pit. And of course, you need to be higher than the guy in front. So what you end up with yeah. is, a, is a 10-deep row of photographers all on their own equipment standing up. So some people are standing on, on foot, you know, then it steps and some people are standing on yeah. their belly case. Um, next, it goes to a ladder, you know, and at the back, you're on a five-step ladder, you know, with your head just under the lighting rig. I mean, one season there was this fad for because camera equipment's quite heavy, you know, and if you travel around all day, it can be quite exhausting. So there's this, there was this fad for uh, lightweight steps. They were about I don't know about a foot tall, but they were plastic, and everybody was using those. But 
one of them broke and we just all came down like dominoes. <laughs> but it was, it was in the middle of the show and just everybody just, it just all went to one side. But you know what was funny is that the show carried on and all the photographers that were still on the level just <laughs> kept shooting. You know, it's, it's like you don't exist. It does get a bit doggy doggy in the pit. Yeah, I imagine. But the show must go on, right? Your show must go on. <laughs> nothing, nothing, stop, nothing stops the show. Well, I was actually going to ask you what's the funniest or craziest thing that's happened to you in the pit, but I think that sounds like that might have been it. I know. Well, do you know what was funny? Is trying to get back up because you're just so intertwined. <laughs> so just to build on some of the, the kind of tips you've already mentioned, do you have any other survival tips on how to handle the situation inside the pit? It doesn't sound like it's really set up for, for photographers, really, given that it is designed for you guys. But um, is there any way you can make your any other ways you can make your photography stand out from the rest of the crowd in addition to what you've already mentioned? It's, it's interesting. You can have you can have 100 people standing together and they will all get a different picture. and. That's the beauty of photography. And I think to achieve that, I think you just need to you know, turn up with the right attitude, try and get backstage if you can. It's normally a separate pass, but generally they're quite cool about it. Yeah. If you always treat people with respect and if you always approach people in the right way, um, it's, it's always the best way forward, always. Um, in, in, every, in everything, they're just, they're just normal life skills, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So moving away from the pit, let's talk about the um, photographer's room. I know we spoke about it briefly, but what's the what's the atmosphere like in there? What do you use it for? Um, you know, do you go and edit and then go and wire your images to clients? What's the main use for that room for you? Yeah, the workroom's an excellent spot. Um, they set it up with with uh, I can't I can't really guess at a number of desks. Maybe fifty desks. Um, on those desks will be an internet connection. So you sit down with your laptop, you plug in, you review your images, and you can you can wire off. Spaces are fairly limited. Um, what tends to happen is that big teams that shoot an awful lot of shows tend to arrive and they have a group of editors. So, for instance, um, they'll have six photographers that shoot a show. They'll hand that to the group of editors they have in that workroom mm-hmm. um, and, and, and they kind of will monopolise an awful lot of space, which does make it very tricky for an awful lot of other photographers. Yeah, so, so you kind of have to share those spaces. So, you know, work fast, get your work off. They generally have to anyway because... You, you need to get the work to, to the client or to the MC or wherever it needs to go as mm-hmm. fast as that show is done. The, the room itself, you know, it can be quite good. This guy's standing around chatting. Some, some are busy, some aren't. Because yeah. not everyone's a photographer in there, so some of them are a lot more relaxed than you would expect. But most yeah. photographers are pretty busy. They go in there. It's a room to stop, room to plug in, to, to get the laptop buzzing, um, send off the work, and then you're off to the next gig. Yeah, but you can still get a bit of use out of it. I hope it in, in the hope that someone's not taken over a, an area and you know left you to a tiny little corner of the room. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you'll always find a space, and it's the same. That's the thing. If you're polite to people and you, and you build up the, uh, some rapport with another photographer, you can always share a space. You know, it's, yes. it's, it's not an issue. Um, I think we've had a desk where there's, where there's eight guys sitting at it once. You know, once once you get to know people, you know, people are quite happy to see you and they yeah. sit down or they push out a seat or they share a seat. So it's it's a brilliant atmosphere. So let's talk about your your kit bag. What is your ideal kit bag? What bodies and lenses do you bring with you on a typical Fashion Week show? There was a time when I used to take two bodies. When you when you shoot Fashion Week, because you shoot so much of it, you want to be comfortable with the equipment you take. So you don't want to be you want to take something that you're ultra familiar with. And I, I tend to use the Canon um, 1DX. Now there was a time when I used to take a pair of them. Over the years, I've tended to change that because I because I like to go backstage and I, I see what's coming. I like to prepare in advance for, for, and set up in in the pit for or outside the pit sometimes um, for the shots that I'd like to get. So mm-hmm. I tend to just take one body now. Yeah. Um, so anyone thinking they need a whole ream of equipment isn't quite true. 
you know, one one decent body or, or a body that you're familiar and happy with. Lens-wise, the, the classic with lenses, and uh, most photographers will always have these two in their lens. People that shoot all the time um, will always have these two in their bag. It's the 24 to 70 mil 2.8, and the mm. other one is the 70 to 200. And that will yeah. give you enough range to really cover most things you want, especially mm-hmm. in a, um, a fashion week environment. Um, on top of that, I mean, there are other nice things we used. I used a nice um, F2 200 Canon, which was fantastic. Um, some very nice wide angles you can get. So it depends on environment. But if you had those two lenses, you, you can be pretty much covered for everything. If you were yeah. starting out, you might have a slightly larger kit bag. But as I say, you know, the thing to remember is that you're going to do it all day and you're going to carry this equipment all day around with you. <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's worthwhile thinking, okay, I'd like to have 50 lenses you know, for, for any any eventuality, you know, the sense of it is just take it, a, you know, a, a light load with you. If you think you're light that day, next day, maybe you can pack something else. But those two lenses will get you through anything. In the newer range of lenses, I think they've got uh, much broader ranges. But I've always tried to stick to those shorter zoom lenses because they tend to be tend to be sharper throughout the whole range. Yeah. Um, I've not, as I say, I've not tried the newer ones. But they, they, they could be just as fantastic. Well, I guess it's it's thinking about, you've got to think about the practical challenges. Like you said, it's about you'll be carrying this kit around with you all day. You need to be able to move quickly and efficiently so you don't miss the shot. So I think practical challenges is something that people really need to bear in mind when it comes to packing their kit bag. Essentially pack what works for them. What works for you might not work for someone else. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And if you are working backstage, of course, you need, you, you can sometimes often, often need some other kit. So you might need a, a you know, uh, an extra flash gun or um mm. you know a softbox or, or, or something else you know but it, but again it really depends on what you want to create i mean the, when you when you when you first turn up generally you don't always have enough equipment anyway and somehow you think you're short of equipment but as i say once you progress and you shoot a few shows you think well actually i like what i've got and i, th- I think that's the thing i've learned you know make the most of what's in your bag don't mm. don't ever sit there and think i don't have that and i can't achieve something you know think of something you know what that you can do i'm I'm a great believer in that you know you're at at some of the best events in the world uh, and you've got a camera of any description with a lens you've already won yeah you've already won the day you've all you've got to do is go and you know take some pictures when when the show finishes a lot of photographers are very keen to get to the next show and they try and get out before the audience but if Mm -hmm. you don't and you get stuck behind the audience it's very hard to get through them with not only yourself but with a large bag yes. so the smaller the bag the more chances you've got of squeezing through everybody <laughs> while, while they're chatting about the show you know so um to, you know travel light and don't ever think that you're under equipped you know because whatever you've got in your bag we, we, you know make the most of okay so let's now go back to the backstage area i know we've been in there a while yes a oh, sure. I, I like it backstage <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. I like it. you've you know you've painted this picture of what it's like to be backstage it's kind of chaotic there are photographers everywhere um and it can be a bit crazy um but what about getting backstage access how does that happen is that the, is that the same kind of ticket or access that you get if you're allowed to the front of shows it's, it's a completely different vibe yeah um, i can imagine and it's fantastic i mean for me i, I like it because when the models come in to shoot them as as they're being prepared you know they become un- unrecognizable in, in lots of cases you know to see the looks change and the hair change and the makeup change it's, it's fantastic and of course yeah. you get this range of pictures you can get this range of pictures with just one model you know and bear in mind you've probably got 15 of them mm. you know and it, and it just changes i mean 
The other thing is it gives you a chance to build a rapport with a model, for instance. Because it's very close, you tend to have a very short lens. So, uh, you know, they're quite used to you to, to you taking their picture. I mean, there's no posing as such. Um, yeah. You know, you tend to catch them doing what they're doing. So sometimes they're having their lunch while they're having their hair done. But, you know, it depends what, what situation you, you'd like to, to, to show or portray. But sometimes you have a chat. Sometimes they stick their tongue out. I've got brilliant, <laughs> I've got brilliant pictures of, of models sticking their tongue out and doing funny things. It also gives you a chance to... They get to know you so that when you do go front of house, you know, in some of the smaller venues, they they recognise you. So when they're walking along the catwalk, they tend to look at you, yeah. which gives you, if you are taking a, a pictures uh, for, for, for um, a client, um, it's very nice when the model's looking directly at you and looking directly at the camera. So that rapport that you can build backstage just by being polite to people and approaching yeah, people in a sense I was going to say. Mm. That's right. It's, it's the same thing. It, it just works in every instance. You know, always maintain that. And as I say, if you approach them, uh, it, it, you know, backstage and, and, and it works out, it can really go well. And of course, you know, sometimes you see these models, same models season after season, or you might see them again 50 times that week. You know, models coming, models coming from all over, all over town and all over the world. So, you know, you, you, you get to recognise them, you know. Yeah, definitely. I really, I really like the sound of that. Like, even if you can't, don't speak the same language, you know, there's the language of the body language, photography, and just that you're all in the same industry trying to make, make the same magic happen. Sometimes you feel for them, you know, they've, they've been to another show where the hair's been tightly woven somewhere and, you, and someone's pulling those out, you know, this, you've got three, <laughs> three hairstylists pulling them out and the faces they pull at the time, you know, <laughs> and they're gurning away and you get, you just keep clacking, clicking away on the camera. And, and it's fantastic. And you think, they're going to hate me when they see these. But, they, you know, they're, they're, they're so good. You know, they're, they're, they're gold, you know. And for me, that's, that's the stuff that makes it. Yeah, and I think as well, I think it's in the model's best interest to just go along with it. It tells the story Absolutely. of what happens. It's not just yeah. a, it's not just one thing that goes on backstage. There are multiple emotions, multiple things happening simultaneously. Yeah. So being able to capture things like that conveys amazing messages to people like me who aren't backstage that there's so much going on. Oh, it's, it's 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 fantastic. I mean, how they how they do it, it's mind blowing. It is absolutely yeah. mind blowing. I mean, but as I say, when they do the hair, there isn't just one person doing hair. There's there's five people, <laughs> and, and, and and you know, and somebody might be doing the manicure toes and the feet at the same time. And, wow! And, and they're just tapping around their phone. It's hysterical. It's brilliant. You know? Yeah, it sounds like a real again a tight knit operation. So with you being there, you know, capturing everything you can capture. What kind of restrictions are placed on you? Or can you basically shoot whatever you want to shoot within reason, of course? The, the only restriction I think backstage is, is don't shoot the models as they're changing. There's, there's no need. Yeah. And um, you generally can shoot anything you want to shoot. Uh, any idea that comes up, they can, they're happy to do it. You know, you can turn up with a softbox and, you know, ask them to do this and ask them to do that. You know, and they will do it as long as they've got the time. And as I say, again, you know, just, just bear in mind, you know, when you're working, you know, they're in the, they're in the process of being made over and made up to a show that's on a deadline. You know, try out some ideas, try out some new things. One of the things I tried once was was the stance in the wings, funnily enough, as, while the show was while the show was still running, and shoot the models as they came off. Yeah. And and it was fantastic because they one, they weren't expecting me. So you've got all this variety <laughs> of surprise faces. Yeah. Some would stop and start dancing to the music, yeah. others would smile, others would just giggle, others would wave. Oh, it, was, it was one of the best shows I'd ever done. It was brilliant. And I thought, do you know what? I had to forego shooting backstage and front of house for that. But mm. you know, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. It was just such fun. Uh, I think one model came in and, and she as soon as she was out of sight from everybody she can't you could see the grimace on her face where the shoes were obviously too tight yeah yeah you know and it's just all this fabulous material you think i don't know what i'm going to do with it but it looks brilliant 
I think that's just a fantastic example of what you were saying earlier about kind of using different spaces and angles to get something different and think creatively. Yes. Um, that sounds like something, like you said, you've had to sacrifice front of house in order to get those those shots, but you sound amazingly, sound amazed by what you got out of it and like you do it again, as you said. Yeah, I think I think that's, uh, as it, it, photography in general, I think that's always the way forward. You know, that just try everything, you know, yeah. why, why, what is there to lose? It's the thing I promote oh, totally. the most, you know, just, just keep trying at it. Try to try different angles. Try everything, you know. And if there's a space available, go and go and habitat that for a while, you know, and see yeah, see what yeah. develops, you know. Because <laughs> you never know. You you never know. And as, exactly. I mean, that, that, as I say, waiting in the wings, it was just it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, a stack of pictures with just fun reactions to everything. Yeah. Oh, they sound brilliant. So on that note, you know, fashion weeks are obviously different business, different operations this year. Things are not running as usual. Do you think then that lockdown and COVID restrictions have changed anything going forward? I think a, a lot of people have realised, and certainly designers and, and, and everybody really, is that you don't need to be necessarily together to be working, you know, um, on on top-end things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that will apply to fashion shows as well. I mean, depending how long this all lasts, and the more we become used to doing things remotely, Maybe that will figure in how fashion uh, fashion shows work in future. Um, I recently saw the, uh, I think it was the Vogue one, where they'd they'd shown it all with models, um, actual, mm. you know, like puppets. The Fendi one was was big, but it was all in glass boxes, and and it's all very strange. So going forward, I think there's there's a whole movement where creatively there's a whole scope for something new and something even more exciting. To, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, you know, once people start building sets. And, you know, creating other ideas around that, yeah. uh, around the concept that people can't come to those shows or maybe a photographer can't shoot it. Once it's all this creativity, I think it'd be fantastic. I think, I think, I think it's a movement to everything. So hopefully moving forward, I think there'll be this whole combination of fashion runways, other setups, other creative ideas. And, and I think there's a whole scope for all kinds of avenues. And I think it's, from a photographer's point of view, I think it's, it's also down to them. I don't think it's just in the hands of the designer. I think it's down to them to you know, push forward their ideas of how this might progress in the future. You know, yeah. don't, don't just sit back and think, well, well, what am I going to do if there's no fashion shows? You know, think up something that they might want to do. Become mm. a designer's new friend, you know, come up yeah. with an idea of how to promote that, that show for them. You know, come up with some solutions, you know, that you always be proactive with it. You know, there are, there are many ways forward. Um, and, and, and it's not just passively t- taking pictures. You know, it, it's a whole creative process. Uh, and I think take that forward, you know, take it to a designer, come up with, your, with the ideas yourself of what you'd mm. like to see, yeah. you know, bearing in mind maybe some of the restrictions or the limitations that may be around then. You know, I think there's all kinds of options and, and you never know where those ideas are going to, or, or who they're going to come from. Yeah, definitely. So based on that then, would you say that lockdown has made coverage more creative? It's caused people to think about how this show can be covered without actually being there. Yes, absolutely. And have you seen anything particularly interesting or any particular interesting workarounds this season or last season? Yeah, I think I think I saw, as I say, the, the, the Fendi show was fantastic with uh, Demi Moore. And uh, I also like the, the, the one that was in Vogue. I mean, it was it was brilliant. And I think, yeah, definitely the creativity. People have had to really think outside the box because you still mm. need to get that creative work and that business of, of clothing and fashion seen. You know, people are still working and that they want to get it seen. You know, we're, we're all... You know, us creatives are all desperate to get our work seen. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, and it's it's like oxygen. And if you don't get it, you don't feel good. You know, so, <laughs> so you've, you've got to come up with something new, you know. So, you know, don't be stifled by it. But I think, yeah, creativity is, is absolutely, you know, it, people have had to think about something else. Um, 
how that works, how that how that's received remains to be seen. But but yeah, but, yeah. but still, they've done it, and and things have changed and and developed. But also, as I say again, you know, be part of that scene that creates something new. Yeah, yeah. Well, staying within this this realm of you know coming up with something new, I want to talk to you about influencers. You know, is the presence of influencers and other content creators are they changing fashion coverage or you know affecting the way that professional photographers like yourself work? Oh, I think so. I think professional photography is very different. I think people are very cost conscious now. People are influencers as such won't necessarily hire a photographer, professional photographer. Yeah. Um, I think I think the other thing is that everybody now is a photographer. You know, so every, everybody that can take a picture will take a picture and some people will be inherently good at it. And and I've never been uh, precious in the respect to think that someone uh, because they don't have the right equipment isn't good at what they can do. You know, some yes. people, some people are fantastic, you know, and they're very creative. They just don't necessarily have the right medium in front of them. But as soon as you give them something, they're often running. So in terms of influences and things and, and blogging and all those kinds of things, I think, yeah, I think it's it's an open market. Yeah. It's, it's changing significantly all the time. Uh, and, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to be in because you, you're trying to develop it yourself and see what else is happening in the peripheral at the same time. So, so it's, it's it's good. It's a good all rounder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of it's natural evolution, isn't it? Well, that's right, and that's why I think also that you know smaller portable cameras seem to be you know far more accessible to people. You know, more pro feeling cameras can be bulkier, and I think that those 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 mirrorless kind of smaller cameras are what people are looking for to use and move on to. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about what some of the biggest changes you've witnessed over your career. So, for example, you know, the rise of Instagram and like we were just talking about influencers and content creators and smaller devices. You know, this platform's made everything in the industry pretty instant and has helped kind of create this instant demand. And I think fashion has always been quite fast paced anyway. Um, but what are some of the biggest changes that you've witnessed over the 10 years in your career in terms of, you know, being at the show and getting that coverage out there? I think it's what you've just said. I think it's that that one is the amount of places you can send it to, and two, the amount of people that are sending it. That the only thing I would say to that is that sometimes speed isn't always the, the best option for things. Absolutely. So I, 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 see, I see people push out stuff which is not very good, but they do it fast. And although it gets seen, it, 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 it sometimes sometimes it seems like a bit of a race to the bottom. You know, just because it was seen, and you think maybe is that the best we can really produce? You know, and I suddenly think you know, maybe if you step back, I don't know, maybe it took another two or three minutes, or the ten minutes, fifteen minutes, put something out that was a lot more, you know, a lot cleaner, a lot nicer, but more acceptable. You know, you 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 carry on pushing those boundaries of creativity all the time, mm-hmm. and, and and I think sometimes when you see poor work, there's no there's no push forward, there's no push to make it better. Yeah, so in a way, this 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 instant demand could I don't know be a negative for the for the fashion industry. Yeah, it depends on your position. Uh, it depends on you know if, you, yeah. if, if you're if you're in the audience and you're pushing out that you know you've got the latest thing and you want to show everybody in your office. I think there's, there's brilliant ideas, and I think there are some fabulous podcasts and fabulous Instagrammers that put out great content. Mm. And that content seems to be king. My only slight worry with it is is it's, it because of the nature of it, it's so fleeting. So so although it's massive for that five minutes, in five minutes time something else is bigger. I, I think it's positive. Overall, I think the whole mm. thing is positive overall, but I think there are some some negative aspects to yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, and I just, I just, uh, I, from my point of view, I just think creativity suffers a little bit. 
Okay, so just to wrap up, um, I'd like to finish with some tips for photographers listening to the episode and thinking that they'd like to use the next months to prepare to be invited to fashion shows next season. So what should they do with their portfolio and online presence to improve their chances? You've got any advice there? Uh, yeah, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> buy my book. Um, nice little think, plug there. Um, a little plug, yeah. I don't want to plug it too I like hard, that. But, but, it is, but, it is, but it is full of brilliant information that for anyone who wants to join the business or just wants to know more about it, there's, there's, there's information for the model, the hairstylist, the makeup artist, and, and the photographer. So once you do get your pass, it will give you fantastic ideas on all of it and all the things to shoot and do. You know, write to the Fashion Council. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, expand on the ideas, you know, something you might to, might like to develop, you know, they're open to suggestion, you know, see, you know, there's no harm in asking, you know, I mean, if, if, if you're really not sure, I mean, if you are joined to an agency as, as such, I mean, there's, there's lots around those, Alamy, Getty, there's hundreds of agencies around, you know, you could always join one of those, you know, perhaps they'll write in your favour, you know, with a letter of support of, you know, what why you should be going along. Um, if you have a podcast, put that to the fore, or if you don't, build that up you know build that up so so it's all something that you can put forward to 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 the fashion council to say look you know i can add value to this mm-hmm. and, and i should be there and i think anyone who does that will, will be looked at seriously yeah yeah that is honestly fantastic advice there from someone who has lived and breathed <laughs> the fashion week industry um and what did i say at the beginning of the podcast guys paul is giving you all the good stories the anecdotes and some real valuable advice to any of you aspiring fashion photographers listening in so i hope you've taken some real valuable insight from paul from this podcast i've really enjoyed having a chat with you paul you've been a fantastic guest so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today thank you lucy thank you so much so, Paul, where can people find you and your work online and where can they buy your book? Well, they can find me at paulcunningham.co.uk. Um, mm-hmm. They can email me if they want to. I'm always, I'm always interested in a, in, a, in a question or two. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I'm under uh, underscore hero pictures. It's a collection of everything I do, really. So don't just turn up there and only see fashion. You'll see all kinds of things. Um, it's a bit more of an insight into me and everything else I do. Um, for the book, the book's available in Kindle. Uh, or printed it's a couple of hundred pages and also if anyone wants a signed copy they can pick one up at paul cunningham bookstore uh, which is run by bigcartel.com hopefully they can find me there fantastic Um, and thanks to you guys for listening Um, if you've enjoyed this episode and if you have any thoughts or feedback why not write to us send us an email at shutterstoriespodcast at gmail.com it goes without saying we'd love to hear from you see you next time Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can rate and subscribe in the episodes listing. If you have any thoughts or feedback on today's episode or the podcast as a whole, why not reach out to us on social media? You'll find our details in the description below. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can rate and subscribe in the episodes listing. If you have any thoughts or feedback on today's episode or the podcast as a whole, why not reach out to us on social media? You'll find our details in the description below. We'd love to hear from you.